be a lot of background noise. Oh, that's right. Because I didn't have time to fucking record the podcast last night, so now I gotta do it in the goddamn semi. Welcome to the Brotherhood of the Traveling Doghouse. Let's go. as humanly possible, just to kind of, hopefully, everybody can hear my, my lovely, lovely voice, but, uh, it is what it is, do what we gotta do, I'm trying to fucking stay awake on this long drive to western Wisconsin, Prairie du Chien to be exact, so hopefully this helps out, as always, Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at RoyDog underscore 13. And for the time being, over on Facebook, Dennis M. Roy over there. Hope everyone is doing well. Like I said, I was hoping to get this podcast done last night. I ran out of time because I had to be up at midnight, which is not my favorite thing to do for work. Uh, but let's just see if, uh, old D-Roy decides to fucking show up for a Friday. Maybe he's going to take a, take an unexpected three-day weekend and make sure that everything gets done, get our I's crossed and our T's dotted, as they say. At least I think that's how they say it. But not going to take too much time, not going to have probably an hour long, I wouldn't suspect, uh, but I do want to talk about the Thursday night game. I want to talk about the spreadsheets that went out on Tuesday. Uh, first and foremost, the week three strength of schedule chart. That's the ones denoted as SOS, which means strength of schedule, of course. Uh, those ones, <clears throat> that's the thing that I've been working on. This will be a third year. Third year, I believe, that that one has gone out. I'm trying to get them out earlier. Now, if you're up on Tuesday nights, later on Tuesday nights, I got that one done about mm, 8.30, 9 o'clock Central Time. So it worked out for anybody who was paying attention to their mailboxes that uh, you're going to have that sheet available before waivers were done. But if you do Wednesday waivers, 
it actually kind of works out for you because you have a chart that you can look at and kind of determine and use that to help determine whether or not players that are on your waiver wire or in free agency for your seasonal teams if they're uh, if they're worth a look. I also like to use those sheets. I'll go over that sheet. Uh, hopefully tonight I'll be able to get recording. I want to get going on week three for DFS, first look. Um, but if anything, we can take a look at the strength of schedule chart and uh, see if there's any players to watch uh, for DFS. I like to use that. That used to be a real big staple earlier in the week uh, for the following week. The Monday recap um, podcast, that one always included the strength of schedule kind of look ahead. I want to kind of do that a little bit earlier if I can. Uh, the problem is, is, that is that takes a ton of effort to get that put out. Uh, so I'm probably not going to be able to have that podcast on Tuesday like I had hoped. Now, Wednesdays, yes, I can definitely do that. But even if you miss out on the waiver wire, which we'll co- I'll cover on Mondays anyways, on that, pack, on that podcast, um, if there's any players milling about, there's a lot of players that are overlooked. Quite possibly you can use that to pick those up and not spend any of your fab dollars on them which is uh, kind of a little bit of a bonus but uh, take a look at that chart it's broken down by each team and their schedule Uh, the schedule portion of it uh, where on the far left you're going to have the actual uh, season schedule through week 18 and then it's broken down by total defense rush defense pass defense by their opponent, uh, defense versus wide receiver one, wide receiver two, wide receiver plus, tight end, and running back in the passing game. Also, what you will have is the DVOA breaks that breakdown per opponent uh, from the offensive side. So, basically, team passing, team rushing, or from the offensive side. Uh, and then special teams and total offense. So you can use that. You can kind of take that into account for any type of streaming defense that you may be doing. Uh, Kind of a look ahead on that as well. Or for actually your current week. does work. It works. It's proven to work. That's why I continue to do it. Now, what we also have then underneath that scheduling chart, everything is broken back down into those same categories as above, only it's broken down into the full season, each half, and then each quarter. So you can see how how it compares to the rest of the league based on those certain time periods. Um... And then kind of utilize that towards, you know, uh, it helps out a lot more when you get more towards the playoffs. Now, that will stabilize after this week. So going into week four, we'll have three weeks of DVOA data uh, that 
that have been gone through through Football Outsiders. And uh, we're going to get a really, really more accurate look at how teams are performing uh, through the rest of the season. That will come out each and every week. And like I said, I'm trying to get it out on Tuesdays if I can. Granted, I am spending a lot of time making sure that the actual DFS spreadsheets are done. Um, But I felt the need to get it out earlier, take a look during the week. It helps for the current week as well as the rest of the season. So definitely take a look in there. Get familiar with it. If you have questions, you know how to reach me. You can DM me through Twitter, DM me through Instagram, use use Messenger uh, from Facebook, as well as if you're in the Daily Ambush Discord chat, you can get a hold of me there, and you can ask me more one-on-one questions, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can on any of those formats. But if you don't ask the questions, I can't help you out. And that's been part of the problem. There's been a couple of people that have bitched about what happened in week two. It's fine. You can bitch about it. I'm bitching at myself about it. But the thing of it is, is if you think you can go through, especially if you're a newer player with DFS, and just make lineups all willy-nilly without asking any questions and be successful at it, you're 100% absolutely wrong. So make sure to get those questions in. I'll try to answer them as soon as I can and in a timely fashion. But remember, if you don't ask, I can't help you. Also, what went out on Tuesday was the target spreadsheet. Everything's updated through week two. Use that sheet with the DFS write-up that comes out to kind of take a look and see what I'm going for. I'm not probably going to use a lot of that in the write-up itself just because the whole process of getting to that point takes so long. And I try not to use a ton of wordage uh, to bog down that write-up. I can, but I don't think it's going to benefit anybody by me just continuing to ramble on like I do on a podcast. So, use the spreadsheet. It's got the target percentages for each player, which is huge. If you look from week to week, you want to compare how everything's going. You want to look at the games, which I have, who they played, what the score was, and you should be able to either look back yourself and see how that game flowed, or if you're like me and you watch most of the games, try to watch them all, uh, you know exactly what was happening in that week, so you know whether or not the team was behind, uh, or if the team was playing from ahead and maybe lost the lead, stuff like that. Just how the game flow happened for that team, it's going to help you out uh, big time. 
when you're trying to pick players. It's going to help you stay away, too, from a lot of those bare minimum plays where you go, this guy's going to go off, he's got an opportunity. Well, maybe he had the same opportunity the week before, but he's such a bag of shit when it comes to trying to catch a football that it's a completely terrible play. I'm not going to put a guy in there just because he's a fucking track star. If I've seen the guy and I have no confidence in his in his ability to get the job done, I'm not going to write him up. That's why I did not write up Elijah Mitchell last week for the 49ers. He was a very, very popular guy for DFS. And I didn't feel that we had the need for him. I also have looked at him through the whole draft process. Didn't like him. Now I've heard people report on either SiriusXM, uh, just on you know articles and whatnot that he does fit the system that the San Francisco 49ers employ. They ran the same system at Louisiana. He's very familiar with it. But my problem with Elijah Mitchell is why wasn't the production better? Why does he look slower than what his 40 time was when I watch anything on him from college? He doesn't have breakaway speed. <clears throat> he's not, to me, he's not an incredibly talented between the tackles type runner. Yeah, it's his own scheme. But I don't think he hits a hole very well. He did it in week one. But that was the Detroit Lions. So the questions that I like to ask myself from time to time when I see a guy bust out like that (coughs) is whether or not it's the player that got it done with his team or was it just purely the fact of the opponent that they were playing and we get lost in the numbers sometimes and say this guy performed well this week and then hey he was mediocre here and then he was okay he looked good again well why is it because of his talent or is it because of the team that they're playing against. Anybody can look fucking good against Detroit. And nothing against Aaron Jones. But I don't expect Aaron Jones to be a guy that could possibly score four touchdowns each and every week. And Aaron Jones is somebody that I consider just below the elite tier. So really, when you're looking at stuff like that, use your head. Think about it. Think it through. Don't make rash decisions on why you feel the need to pick up a player. You can ask me my thoughts on it. I gave plenty of thoughts on it, even without recording a podcast about it. I said with Elijah Mitchell, it was... He was more beneficial to me as a person who has 
Trey Sermon <coughs> than somebody who is just grabbing him just to grab him. Did I put in waiver bids for him? Sure. Put in a respectable bid. Knowing that somebody was probably going to overpay. And I'm glad he... And I'm glad they did overpay. Because that was a dead spot in somebody's lineup in week two. Be careful. Even if a so-called quote-unquote... And I'm doing the air quotes. Expert. Tells you it's a great pickup. Do your research on it. You make that decision. That person is not running your team. That person doesn't have to deal with the consequences. <coughs> the thing of it is, the experts, when they tell you to go grab these guys, when it doesn't work out, what are they going to tell you? Well, it didn't work out because of it didn't work out because of the opponent that they were playing. Really? It didn't work out because the team wasn't playing as good. Really? Is the player not working out, especially rookies, is the player not working out because you actually don't know the player? Did you or did you not actually go look at the player and what they looked like in college? Not stat, not statistically, what they actually looked like when they played the game. Because it doesn't do anybody any good by lying about it. And even before you made the decision to tell somebody that they had to pick up this player... They had to. You had time to look that player up. You had time to look at what happened that week. How it happened. How did they explode? Who was the opponent? Because if you're giving out shitty information like that, if because you have not watched the player play then you might as well have taken a coin and made the fantasy owner choose heads or tails whether or not they were going to try and actually pick them up that's my two cents on it now what do we got going on tonight little game A foosball between the Carolina Panthers and the Houston Texans. I know. I know. Fun game, right? I don't have the pricing in front of me on all the slates. But I did go over the spreadsheet and found a couple players, at least core type players, that you can utilize maybe, just maybe a couple of possible value guys 
the pricing that you see on the spreadsheet was FanDuel, Yahoo column, and then the DraftKings column. FanDuel and Yahoo do not change their prices whether or not you put it in the MVP spot. The 1.5x points spot on your team. Which is great. Because they price, they price it up as if everybody is basically in the MVP spot. But you can still fit guys in uh, fairly easy on those two sites. On DraftKings... The pricing that you see, and I'm trying to reiterate this. I've said this before on how it's going to be, but I just need everybody to understand. The pricing that you see there is their standard price, and that is their flex price. So if you want one of those players in your MVP spot, your 1.5x spot, you're going to have to pay one and a half times that player's salary. So basically, take the price, times it by 1.5, and that's going to be their MVP slash captain spot price. I can't give you the MVP and the cash or uh, the regular flex price. It doesn't work that way. At least not for putting the data into the spreadsheet. So that's the only that's it is what it is. We just gotta utilize it. Now this game is projected to be low scoring. Carolina of course I believe increased as the winner. Uh, or increased uh, from like say a minus three to like a minus six, something like that. So they got to be more heavily favored. If you have a flat six on there, <clears throat> I think that's good, good bet. I do think Carolina can stomp the Houston Texans into oblivion. But whether or not they can beat them by six is another question altogether. Jacksonville, of course, they won. They hung around Cleveland for quite a bit of time. So, definitely, definitely think about that. Think out loud about it. Think about how you want to build this lineup. Do we want to use Carolina defense? I think they're in play. Davis Mills, the rookie, is going to be at quarterback for the Texans this week with Tyrod Taylor going on IR. <coughs> Defense is in play for me. Christian McCaffrey definitely is in play for me, but whether or not I trust him for the MVP spot, uh, specifically over on DraftKings, is a real question. Because if you pay that one and a half times price, it's not going to afford you a lot of salary for other players. So on DraftKings alone, I would probably tell you I would not MVP Christian McCaffrey. 
DJ Moore is a guy that I'm looking at. He has a really good matchup, uh, specifically at times when he lines up across from one Vernon Hargreaves to third. Everybody can burn Vernon Hargreaves. The number ones against Houston have had success. So, in my opinion, DJ Moore needs to be in. Can he be a captain slash MVP? I believe so. At least more than McCaffrey on a site like DraftKings. Because you're not going to be paying nearly as much to fit him in that lineup. Another guy that I'm looking at across the field with Houston is not Davis Mills. No, no. No. But he should be throwing a ton, which is something that I like. Uh, One guy that I would definitely take a look at is Brandon Cooks for the Houston Texans. He is far and away their favorite pass target. He's their number one. He's their alpha male. Brandon Cooks, if I remember correctly, maybe scored a touchdown in week one. Maybe. But he's getting heavy volume. He's um, doing the best that he can with that volume. He has a pretty decent catch rate, so... Definitely consider Brandon Cooks on that side. I don't hate any running back that'll catch passes. That puts Philip Lindsay and David Johnson in play. Lindsay's the one that's really kind of good. Lindsay's the one that got it done this week. Now I believe I can't remember if he had the touchdown taken away or not in week one. Um, David Johnson was more of the cat to have in week one. Lindsay in week two. Mark Ingram. I'm going to pass. This blitzing front has done pretty decent against the run. Now, they've gotten leads, so it's made it a lot easier. And then you look at the opponents themselves, New York Jets and New Orleans, who everybody was called Gaga over. But I said I didn't like that play. So, between Philip, you're going to have to choose between Philip Lindsay and David Johnson. Uh, both kept pass catching running backs, although David Johnson would be more of the traditional pass catching running back, third down back. So I don't hate that play there. Back over to the Carolina side. Can you use Sam Darnold? I think you can. I'm not going to force him in. I do like CMC more than Sam Darnold. But he can also be the pivot piece off of a guy like like Christian McCaffrey if you wanted to fit more offensive line players in there. Now, I don't think... I don't think Darnold is a necessity, at least right now. If, especially if you're using Carolina defense, I would probably not do it. 
<coughs> based on the fact that you really be hoping that this is all a CMC game. Gets his three touchdowns. He's done. Defense is sitting back with their ears pinned back because Davis Mills has to try and bring him back. So definitely, definitely keep those in mind for tonight. Um, another guy that I don't, I don't necessarily hate on the Houston side. If you need a salary savings, is Andre Roberts. Uh, generally, he's been a return man, but he's been more and more involved with the offense just because you have slot corner Anthony Miller not doing much. Um, also, Nico Collins went down, so that opens up opportunities. Who is the other guy? Chris Conley? No. Don't like him. He's a bag of shit. Don't like him in the matchup anyways. So. That is uh, kind of what it is, what it is. What it be, what it be. I think this has been pretty, pretty fine as far as time is concerned. Like I said, I, I want to get a first look at the games in tonight. I'm going to try and pound the rest of that spreadsheet out, hopefully get it out tonight. I'm almost done with uh, wide receiver cornerback matchups, and then after that, it is just updating the injuries, updating the Vegas lines, installing pictures, which actually is only taking me like about half an hour at this point now. So, yeah, I think we can have it. I think we can have it for you. Indubitably. But I'm going to take off. I'm going to finish this run across southern Wisconsin. I'll talk to you all later. Peace out.